In his mind, he was like, look, if I can receive grace, anybody can receive grace. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Because it, oh man, yeah. that just. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Around the world, as promised, a remnant remains who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Welcome to Remnant Podcast. All right, man. So we are doing something I'm personally very excited about. Yeah, to be honest me too. I really am. Yeah. Uh, going through, we'll probably call this by the book, going through different books of the Bible, book, you know, one book at a time. Uh, and we may or may not do the entire book of Romans, but we wanted to start with Romans. Yeah. Before we get into the Bible study, going verse by verse, so to speak, what's your thoughts on Romans as a whole? Rome, the reason I even asked that, let me give you a little background. Last night, Katrina was asking me, we was doing a our marriage thing. Yeah. And she was asking me what my favorite book of the Bible is. And I said, if I had to pick just one, it would be Romans. Now I love Genesis. I love Psalms. Yeah. I love John. I love Hebrews. I love revelation. But the reason I said, well, I- I'll tell you what my reason is, but if I, if I had to pick this one it'd be Romans, so use the one that I actually picked to start in Romans. But what was your thinking about picking Romans to start with? Well, okay, I had two books in mind. I had Romans, Revelation, and I thought <laughs> Revelation is going to be a, a tough one to jump into right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of, of Revelations. You kind of got to take a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. To me, I mean, it was probably one of the harder readings for me was mm-hmm. Revelations. But, um, well... I mean, I've I've listened to you preach out of Romans more than probably I've heard anybody else, and me personally, I do my own little Bible study at the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Aside from the Bible study that we already do for church, and then so Romans was going to be what I was planning on digging into next mm-hmm. myself. So I thought, well. This gives me, I can do the Bible study and I'm wanting to, and then we can, you know, cover it on, on here, on yes, the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Here's, here's some of my thoughts on Romans. Okay. The reason if you could only have just one, this is the one I would take. Because for the New Testament era Christian, Romans covers every single thing that's vital to know. It doesn't necessarily cover things that you don't have to know. Like Romans doesn't really talk about future prophecy stuff. Maybe it touches on it just a little bit. Romans doesn't really go into the depths of explaining why in the Old Testament did they have a Passover lamb like Hebrews does. Mm -hmm. But Romans gives you the things that's like if you took the whole book and boiled it down and said what must remain, it's Romans. It's the things that's in Romans that Christ died for our sin. Well, first of all, if we think about broad stroke overview of Romans here real fast, first of all, it it shows you that everyone actually knows God exists. Yep. That God is the creator of the world and that he exists and that the fact that he is that does exist and created the world is clearly seen in the things that are made. And that the things that may be known of God or known of God's existence is clearly seen in mm-hmm. them. It says God hath showed it to them 
It's manifesting, like in, in other words, in us, even in my hands, yep. my brain, my eyes, everything, my soul. It's obvious that God exists. Then he goes to the next thing. It's also obvious that sin exists and that you're a sinner and you're guilty before the Lord. Yeah. Because he says, you know, even the Gentiles, which do, do not have the law and tables of stone, they have it in their heart. And the evidence is, he says, they show the work of the law in their heart, their thoughts accusing or excusing one another. In other words, they say, hey, you can't do that. That's wrong. Oh, well, how do you know it's wrong? Because the law of God's in my heart. Or they say, hey, you can't do that to me. You know, or, oh, you're excused. That's not wrong. That was right. You know, in other words, they show the work of the law so that, you know, God exists. We're all guilty before the Lord. In comes chapter three, Jesus Christ came and suffered and died for the sin of the whole world. It's like, it's, it's, I'm just saying, when you look at Romans, chapter one, God exists. Chapter two, you're guilty and you need to repent of your sin. Chapter three, there's a way out. There's a savior, Jesus Christ. Chapter four, by faith, are you saved? Faith in the atoning work of Christ. Yeah. Chapter 5, more evidence and proof that it's faith that saves and then works follow faith as a fruit of faith. But faith is the main thing. you got to believe that Christ died for your sin because just your works alone does nothing for you. And then it gets into some of the battles of Christians in chapter 6 and 7. Then it gets into the certainty of our salvation in Christ in chapter 8. And then in chapters 9, well, there's some questions he deals with. But then chapter 12 through 16 is, well, in light of all this amazing truth that God exists, that I'm guilty, Christ came to save me, and by faith I can be saved. And in light of all of that, how am I supposed to live? That's chapter 12 through 16. It's yeah. like, you know, this is how you should be a good husband. This is how you should work. It's, it's ama- The book is amazing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The book is amazing. Obviously, I'm already more fired up than I've been in any podcast <laughs> because I get fired up. About the Word of God, I really do. Yeah. It's genuine. I don't man. I don't generate it. It just comes out of me. Well, Romans is amazing, and so if you don't like anything else that we do on this podcast, follow this. Yeah, follow follow through with us on this one because it it's going to help. It's gonna, I mean, yeah. Not even necessarily that I have any profound thing to say, but just reading the Word of God together, just yep. going through it with us is going to be a, a, an awesome thing. And so, do you want to read the? Do you want to try and? Do maybe five verses and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um. All right. So Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. I love this already. I love this. My questions, you know, let's try and I want to have as equal time here. Obviously, I pre- I'm, I'm a preacher, so it, get, it starts coming out in me. But I want to ask you, let's go. We can go slow with this. There ain't no sense in rushing. I mean, if we wanted to record 10 episodes a week, we could so that we could get through it faster. But let's actually cover the way Paul even speaks of himself right off the bat. Mm-hmm. A servant of Jesus Christ. I mean, what do you think about 
Paul himself wrote 13 books of the New Testament. I mean, just off the cuff, what's your thoughts about Paul as a man? Or, you know, you know, what do you think about him? Paul strikes me when he's not only is he picked by God to do this, but when he is talking or writing or sending a letter or whatever, he you could see you can hear it in him that he's he's speaking to you from experience. Yeah. Like this isn't just something someone said, okay, hey, say this. Right. And then he said, No, 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 no. He's he has the knowledge, the experience, the actual I went through this. I'm telling you guys, this is this is what, you know, this yes. is it. Right, and it's, as you were saying, I thought, I want to read this verse. It's the first verse of Galatians. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God mm-hmm. the Father. So in other words, he's saying, God put me here for yep. this. This is my calling. This is my purpose. And he does tell us in, um, actually, it's here in Galatians. That is, whenever he was saved, basically, you know, he, he had this encounter with Christ. And he was blinded by this. And, and he was told to go to the temple and wait three days or whatever. And then Ananias came and laid his hands upon Paul and his sight was restored to him. When that happened and he was born again, he says, Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, but he basically went into into the wilderness basically and learned from the Lord through the Spirit. And, uh, yeah, he, so in that sense, he's an amazing man. And also he begins every letter that way like corinthians paul called to be an apostle of jesus christ through the will of god yep you know anyway yeah so carry on he is an amazing man and he he knows what he's talking about yes he does he really does <laughs> um when, when he let's break down servant mm, okay yeah because a servant answers to a master so he right off the bat he is he is acknowledging Jesus Christ the Lord is my master. That's right man. I am doing his work. Yes. He made him an apostle. Mm-hmm. An apostle is someone that is a messenger is sent to mm-hmm. give the message. So when he when when Paul w- w- that right there how do i how do I put this into words servant i it's hard to even mm-hmm. describe because he is i mean my life he's my life doesn't belong to me, just like in mm-hmm. the days of 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 slaves and servants mm-hmm. they were owned. Right, they they had a master, mm-hmm. and that's what he's he's saying. Yeah, he and he's 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 happy to say that. Yeah, you're well, right. It, slave is a good word. Yeah, because Christ it says hath purchased you with his own blood, and so we are purchased possession of Christ. I am not. It's not the it's not humiliating or dehumanizing to me at all. To say I'm a servant, right, or that Christ is my master, yeah, or to say I'm a slave in that sense. If I was a slave of man, well, sure, I don't want to be no slave of man. But no. to be a slave of Christ, in other words, to be 
to depend on him for my existence, my sustenance, my everything, as slaves once did. The slave owners provided housing and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And so to depend on Christ fully in that sense, yes, but it's uh, uh, the word servant. I like the word servant the best. Yes. servant. Yeah. Because slaves were not necessarily, I just hit my microphone, slaves were not necessarily willfully slaves. Right. That's not what a servant is. He's willfully right. a servant. He has willfully submitted himself mm-hmm. into that position. He's putting Christ here as master and Lord, like you said. Mm-hmm. And the way he words it. Yeah. The fact that Christ is master is built into the fact that Paul is a servant. Yeah. So go go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. Man. You're I'm fine. trying to do that. We're, discuss- know? we're just a discussion. Yeah. We're- yeah. So... You know, I can't remember where it's at in here. He, you know, he talks about being, trying to find it. So, well, yeah, what are we looking for? I don't know. I can't I can edit out the, the blank. I can I edit just out went, the silence. If I just went but. completely blank. <laughs> Dude, I, I do that all the time lately. I'm doing I it more it than often I should. I did it today. I did it twice last night. Yeah, I blank out. All right, well, let me take the rest right, of verse ahead. one. Go ahead. So, he's a servant. As, your, as the NKJV says, bond servant yep. of Jesus Christ. Again, here's what's interesting about that. I'm I'm going to tell you right now. I haven't met him, but if there ever was a man's man, it was Paul. Yeah. The proof, dude. If there was a such thing as a Christian boot camp, and it was, I have a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. For three years, I want you to trace the exact footsteps, in, like in real life, of Paul. Yeah. I want you to go over there and walk everywhere he walked. And face everything he faced and be beaten every way that he was beaten. You know what I'm saying? I want you to go and go into this synagogue daily and reason with the Jews and people that perhaps hate you for what you are now. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, dude, if you're a Navy SEAL, if you're an Army Ranger, if you're an Air Force, whatever those guys are called, you need to respect Paul. Everybody. Yeah. Every manly man. And I mean, and then also his humility. Like, there's so many different things about him. But I mean, here. So here's my point: if there was ever a man's man, it was him. Even before, this is why I think God called him specifically, because he was the world's. He was he was a man's man. I mean, yeah. he, he was everything that a man respects. Everything that a man respects. And before his conversion, he was still a man's man. I mean, he was. A, he, he says that you know he was persecuting the church, and so. In reality, it was really murder because he was convicting people of something that wasn't wrong. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about him, he was he was a a leader in his own country already, mm-hmm. a, a sort of military leader. Yeah, he was like an army general, and he was even at one point. In fact, when he was converted, <laughs> he was on his way to imprison more Christian people. He had gotten letters from the governor, or whatever. But I mean, he was fearless. Really, yeah. he was fearless. He was not afraid of anybody. He had the heart of a lion, so to speak. And for that guy, this in other words, this ain't a weak man that's no, like, no. oh, my master. No, this is the man, one of the manliest men that yep. ever lived as far as, 
I don't know. He he could have been five foot tall for all I know. But I mean, as far as his heart and his strength and his his resolve to do the will of the Lord, right. there was nothing that was going to stop him. Yeah. Literally, death is the only thing, only way that they could shut him up. Yeah, because correct me if I'm wrong. When Paul made it to Rome, he he made it through prison in prison, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that didn't stop him. No, yeah. He <laughs> still did what what God commanded him to do. Yes. He he did his saying. job as an apostle. What a man. I mean, what an awesome man. Now, obviously, he's not any greater of a man than Christ was in in form of a man or in fashion of a man or in the flesh of a man that we're going to look at next. But G, but Paul was an absolutely amazing man. And so when you get that in mind, this is like a Navy SEAL kind of guy who yeah. is fearless and brave and strong and all that, and yet he's sincere from his heart, mm-hmm. softened and humble and is truly a servant to the Lord. You know, it's, it's really awesome. And then he says, separated unto the gospel of God. And, you know, when you study the letters of Paul, you realize Paul uses many phrases. He'll use a phrase in Romans. He'll use it again in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. He may use it in Colossians. You'll find he... He he uses a lot of the similar thinking, obviously, because it's it's God uses what's in the minds of the man through inspiration to get the words out that God wants, but he uses the vocabulary available to the man, and so there's obvious traces of Paul in all of the letters. But this separated under the gospel of God, like in another place, he says, "I preach Christ crucified." That's the gospel of God, and you know what? Uh, I think it's to the Corinthians. He says, "I came to you." Knowing nothing, which really, I mean, he was really saying, preaching nothing except Christ and Him crucified. Or he says that he magnifies his office, that his office, his calling, his, what he was separated to was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Yep. Specifically, whereas he says the calling from Peter to the Jews was strong, the calling to the Jews was strong in Peter, but to the Gentiles it was strong in me. And so that's what he's saying. It's that's what he's separated for. To me, it's like powerful if you stop and think about that, though, because a lot of times people will quote Paul on these things, but then they won't say everything that he said. Like they might say, oh, my job is just to preach the gospel. And so they will preach that Christ died for our sins and that by faith, our faith is accounted for righteousness righteousness, and all the things he said, but that's not all that Paul said. Right. It's not all that he said. He said a lot of other things, too. And so the gospel simplified is 100% that Christ became flesh to take on the sin of the world and fulfilled the law in the sense that the law prescribes death for sin and he died for sin even Mm -hmm. though he had no sin. And that by faith in that atoning work of Christ, we can be given the righteousness of Christ. But he doesn't end there is all I'm saying. That's... The gospel of God, let me say it this way. In another place he calls it or talks about the gospel of your salvation. Well, salvation is all of the it's of the Lord. That's what it says. Salvation is of the Lord. It's of all Christ did. But the gospel of God in general is the means the good news of God. And then also to it, like it's what we was talking about in our last podcast, is why I was going with that. Yeah. There's also a life. There's a life to be lived. There's the gift of marriage to be lived out. And Paul, it's the it's Paul that teaches us that. When I was reading in Ephesians today, in Colossians, it's Paul that teaches us all yeah. that, and it was revealed to him by God. So the, separated to the gospel of God is everything that he did. The gospel of God is the whole is the whole New Testament in a sense. All right, well, I, I, I went on with that too long. But you have anything you want to add to that, or you can take the next verse? Uh, let me see. Either one, or you can take verse three. I don't care what you want to take. 
Well, you know, he wants to go staying staying where we're at in one. Um well, I guess we already kind of covered this, but it it stood out to me that you know, he's 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 wanting them to understand that he's a servant of God. And then he's saying, "You know what? I'm an apostle." And uh he was set aside. This mm-hmm. isn't just something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. This is something that he was set aside for that this was before Paul was saved, he was like you were like mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. to persecute and imprison Christians. They were afraid of him. He was a he was yeah. he was bad. I mean he wasn't right. a good guy, but it just shows you that God is gonna take who he wants, <laughs> and he's going to change their and hearts. Make him in who he yes. wants him to be. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and you and you were using the sense of military. Mm-hmm. He broke he broke Paul down yes. like the military does. That's yeah. what boot camp is. Yeah. They break you down to where you're mush, and mm-hmm. they build you the way they want you. And that's just what that's exactly what God did to Paul. Yeah, he did, and, and to the point to where Paul says. He he had prayed that this thorn in his flesh would depart from him and all this stuff, and he came and he and this was God's answer: "My grace is sufficient for you." And so then Paul says, "I will rather therefore glory in my infirmities, my weaknesses, like you know, because yeah. Paul was an unbreakable man." Yeah. But God, not he didn't lit, you know literally break him in half. Paul was still fully usable in God's, but he broke he broke Paul's. Right. Will of his own strength, and now Paul's will became the God's spirit, will. His and, spirit, right, yes, yes. He yeah. broke him to to point to where Paul is like the Lord is God, and and you know. Anyway, yes, it's true. Yeah, it's interesting things about Paul. Is that good on verse one? We good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Verse two says what he had promised afore by his prophets in the holy scriptures. There's probably not a whole lot to unpack there, but what's the first few things that come to your mind? Well. The promise is, you know, basically Christ is going to free people who believe from their sins. Yes. Well, that, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. The gospel, what he's saying is that the gospel was promised right. in the scriptures. And so a couple of things that I think about is awesome. Like well, the scriptures cannot be broken. That's the, he's saying. I, I'm now called to preach this, and the scriptures promised that this was going to come. And you know, the right. script, this, this is just one another one of those evidences that yeah. the scripture can't be broken. If right. God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If God said this is what what I'm going to do, then He's going to do it. And the promise is say that again. It, the promise is what do you say? The promise is that to, Christ would free people that believe from their sins. Yes, yes, and we'll actually get into that later in Romans. What that really means. Yeah. Because a lot of people, there's like this camp, and then there's this camp, and then there's this this other camp. Some people go too far one way. Some people go too far the other way. And it's very easy to do one or the other. It's easy to make that mistake. But the Bible does teach us what that means. And it's going to, when, it, when we go, do get to those verses, which I'm excited about, it's right. going to take a lot of unpacking. And in one sense, they're very, very, very uplifting and encouraging. And in another sense, they also are saying, hey, clean your life up. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's both. But I don't want to neglect. See, most of my life, I grew up in this legalistic church. Right. 
that believed if you even commit a sin at all, you're going to hell. Mm. Even after you believe in in Christ and all that. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's the extreme. Okay. Then there's this other extreme. It says, commit all the sin you want to sin. Just say, Jesus is my Lord, and you're never going to hell. And it's like, wait a minute. That's, that's, that's not it either. Okay. But the true biblically taught salvation is one of the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things. I don't, I'm, I'm, I got to save it for when we get into it. Okay. But the scriptures cannot be broken. God promised that the gospel, the birth and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ yep. was coming to the world. And, yep. and now Paul has been separated to preach that message. Mm-hmm. Verse three. All right. Three and four. I'm, I'm actually kind of, I mean, I probably my, other than one, obviously three and four, there's a lot here. All right, so Paul is telling um, <clears throat> the Christians in Rome that in flesh, Jesus belonged to uh, King David. But more importantly, he was the son of God. Mm-hmm. And this was proven by this is the evidence is his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't really basically he's saying it doesn't matter what family he belonged to in the flesh the most important the the more important part is who he's the son of god there's nothing more. That is, that is true, but I, I mean, this is also what to me is going to be fun about this Bible study is you and I have never done a Bible study together. Well, we started one that you know for Wednesday at church or whatever. And I want your full input, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, just because I'm a preacher, don't mean I'm right about everything, right? At all. But I do want to add something to what okay, you said, yeah, or at least maybe get you to consider wording it differently. It does matter, ultimately, that he is the Son of God, because if he's not the Son of God, then nothing else about him matters. And that's, I think, what you're getting at. But what you said about him being of the seed of David or whatever, which really the point is just to say that he was flesh. Right. That he was, it says, he was, yours says, born or made, same thing, of the seed of David according to the flesh. And it really is an important verse, though. And so here's what I'm saying. Yes, ultimately, what matters most is that he's the Son of God, because if he's not the Son of God, it's, it's meaningless to us. But it also matters extremely that he was Son of Man. Yeah. that he I mean, it, that he was actually flesh. It right. wasn't just an illusion of flesh. It wasn't just, you know, uh, in a silhouette of flesh or whatever, but that he was actually flesh. That really, really does theologically as you go through this. You'll see why he put why that's there. Right. I mean, and I, and I know that you already know this. I'm just saying, it's very important. That I don't want to skip over. I don't want to skip over the fact that Jesus was made flesh, man. Right. And you know, the Bible teaches us actually why it it may be complicated to the minds of man, but it's not really that complicated. It's man that deserved and needed to be punished, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so. God became a man. Right. Uh, and why did we deserve and need to be punished, man? People get hung up on that all the time. <laughs> Just out of the blue, I'm going to, I'm going because I want to hear what you say about that. You know, people get hung up on this idea 
when you say something to someone, like you're a sinner, or even if someone were to say that to me early on, and you know, without Christ, you're going to hell. What do you think about that? Because a lot of people are like, "But I'm not. I ain't been that bad." You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. A lot of people are like, "Well, I ain't been that bad." What do you What do you say to someone who says, "Well, I ain't been that bad"? It's something worth well, expounding on here. So you're saying, say that again. Okay. Just, so like, yeah. A lot of times, because he here's the here's why I brought it up. Because Jesus Christ was made flesh. Well, some people might say, well, why was he made flesh? Well, he was made not just flesh. He wasn't made the flesh of elephants or the right. flesh of hippos, but he was made man. Why was he made man? Well, because it's man that owed an unpayable debt to God. Right. And it was he had to be made man. That was the first step of him actually saving us. Mm-hmm. He came to save man, and so he was found in fashion of a man, it says. Or here he says, you know, it says he was made of the seed of David, which was a man. And that's also important because of the kingly line. But anyway, um, why did Christ have to be made a man? Because it's man that had to be punished for sin. Right. But when you tell somebody that and you say you're, you, you, man should be punished for his sin, but Christ took that punishment. Well, they say, well, I don't, I, I don't, I ain't saying that bad. I ain't saying bad enough to go to hell. I mean, that's what people say. Right. But we're born into sin. Yeah, we're born. It into doesn't sin, matter but... if you've. It doesn't matter. You could have went through your whole life, never lied to nobody, never hurt nobody, but if you never confessed your sins, because a sin. It doesn't matter how big of a sin. Mm-hmm. A sin is a sin. So if you never accepted God into your heart, confessed your sins, you're, it's sin. Mm-hmm. You're already sin. Well, and yeah, what you were saying too, you said we're, we're born into sin. And, you know, people have asked me this question before. They say, well, what if a man never sinned? And I and you know would he still go to hell? And here's what I say: That's you're asking an impossible question because there is no man that never sinned except Jesus Christ. He is mm-hmm. the only one, right? And he will only ever be the only one. There will never be another sinless man like he was. Mm-mm. And so they're asking me, well, what if? Well, yeah, it's like, what? Well, what if the moon started flashing blue and purple tonight? Well, what if? I mean, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. So why should I sit here and theologically entertain this question? That's not possible. It's not possible that a man goes his entire life without sin. Right. It's not. Especially nowadays. But here's my here's my next question. These are deep things, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but it's it's fun. I mean, it's fun to talk about and think about, and this stuff is what's really helpful to people too. So people say, "Well, yeah, I mean, I've told a lie, and maybe I even stole a you know pencil from a kid in school or something, mm-hmm. you know." But I'm not worthy of hell. On the spot, what do you say to that? I mean, what do you say? Because it, it it needs to be said at some point, which there's lots of opportunity in here to, to deal with it. And if you don't have an answer, I do. But Or at least I know what I've got on my mind that I wanted to say about it before we move on. And it's still connect, it is connected to the verse because Jesus Christ was made of flesh. Well, what does that even matter? Oh, because... The, I mean, it tells us right. that it was for the punishment of our sin. Right. That's why. God can't die. But God became a man, and in the form of man, died for man. Mm-hmm. But in the death, 
the his death was because the law says do this or die. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so even though Christ did it perfectly, yet he still died. And then it's like, oh, it makes sense now. He died my death that I deserved. Yeah. He suffered the punishment I deserved. But then people say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't deserve punishment. And I'll just, I'll just answer, and then we'll go on and talk about the, the verse four. But um, when a person thinks, well, I'm not worthy of hell, that's a natural way for a man to think. Is yeah, you, well, you know, you haven't been that bad. Well, first of all, there's only two places: it's heaven mm-hmm. or it's hell. Mm-hmm. And if you're not worthy of heaven, you are worthy of hell. Because, and here's the problem, and this is all I was really getting at. When people say, well, I'm not worthy of hell, they have not fully understood the depth of their own depravity and their own sin. They have not really fully grasped it. Because what seems simple at first, and sin always does this, I say this so much lately, sin will always downplay itself. Sin will always say, it wasn't so bad. That ain't so bad. Sin will always laugh at itself and make it a joke, and it was just for fun, you know. But when you can see sin, and I, I can't fully, but I can grasp a little bit of it, but when you can see sin through God's lens or see the acts of sin and you see the full weight of it, you see that the biblical definition of a lie or theft or whatever mm-hmm. all results from selfishness, lack of love towards your brother. Mm-hmm. You could care less if you took his stuff. Yep. He was so much more concerned about yourself at that point. Or, you know, you told this lie, it was damaging this person, but you didn't even really care. You put your own self above that person. And here's what it boils down to. Without the Spirit of Christ in you, if I let you in heaven the way you are now, you'll destroy heaven too. Yeah. If you let a sinner, mm-hmm. an unrepentant, unborn again, unchanged sinner into heaven, guess what that sinner will do in heaven? He'll destroy it. He'll still sin in a perfect world, I'm saying. Even in a perfect world where everybody treats them perfect and there's a, everything is perfect. If you were to just take a person who says, well, I ain't that bad, just let me in. Okay, well, then come on in. It was like, no, but you still got the virus, man. You'll kill everybody in here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Because that's really what it is. Sin is absolutely, and that was my point, when we think, well, I don't deserve hell. It's just because you haven't seen sin for what it really is. Let me say it this way. Sin deserves hell. Sin deserves hell. Yeah. And if there's sin in you and you're a sinner, which is why, you know, Christ come to set us free from that and save us from that. But if we just accept it, well, I mean, yeah, but I ain't that bad. You're in the wrong, buddy. Yeah. Sin deserves hell and you've got sin in you. And if you don't get saved, you deserve, you do deserve hell. I went on a long rant for that, but it, you know, anyway, I'm going to have other opportunities to explain it better, maybe. But the fact that Christ became flesh is very important. Yeah. It is very, very important. But I'll let you take and expound on the next one if you want to, the fact that he's the Son of God. And that it says he was declared to be the Son of God with power yep. by the resurrection from the dead, basically, is what it's saying boiled down. And so what's your thoughts on that? So, in Paul's point of view, he's he's explaining to them that because before the death, burial, uh, and resurrection, mm-hmm. um, some people believed 
Some people didn't. Mm -hmm. So in this sense, he's saying it's already happened. And this is the evidence. This is how I can show you that he is the son of God. Mm -hmm. He is not in that tomb where they laid him. Mm -hmm. That's right. He took a break. Powerful for, man. He took a break for three days, but he's back <laughs> up and he's going. Yeah. And you know, we hear it all the time as Christians. We hear it and we've heard it in church our whole lives of what happened. And there's people that are like, "There's just no way." Mm-hmm. But if you really stop and think about that. If we were around back then, what would we have followed Christ before his resurrection and said, yeah, this is, you know. Uh, most likely no. But when. The resurrection changes everything. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. His own brothers at that point when he was resurrected. Oh, that changed him when they saw it, the resurrection. That's yeah. what I'm saying. His own brothers, yeah. But his own brothers didn't follow him and until now, the resurrection. Put your put your mind in being there reading this letter from Paul. He did what? Yeah. You're right, man. You're right. We, like You've got to put yourself in that because we could tell that person right there, but like we were talking a lot in our last podcast, you've got to read this thing. Yeah. It's going to change your life. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you – you can't grasp it. I mean, when you read this, it's like – it's like a really good book. You're like, mm-hmm. it's got its ups and downs, its thrilling parts. And you, you just got to realize that he he wrote, I mean. Mm. The proof, dude. There, there's tons of proof. That's what, it's hard to put into words yeah, because yeah. it's just like. Yeah. Yeah, there's tons whoa. of proof. It's a major thing. You, yeah. You know, understandably. I mean, if someone came to me today and was like, hey, man, you wouldn't believe this, but last year I was dead for three days, and here I am again. I'd be like, no, you're a liar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are- of course you'd be that way. Uh, and I think it's right to be that way because you're not the son of God, okay? Right. But even still, it, it, this was the proof that he was the son of God, and that, that's what we got to wrap our minds around. Later on, in other letters, Paul says, if there is no resurrection— then we're of all men most miserable. My preaching is in vain. Your faith is in vain. Let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. There's basically what he's saying is if Jesus Christ did not rise, there's no meaning to life. There is no salvation. There's no hope. There's no promise. There's no proof. There's no nothing. Paul takes it all and says the resurrection. You you answer for me the resurrection. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's in because of the resurrection, I I don't even it's it's beyond hope now. It's a certain assurance, he calls it in a certain place. And so the resurrection, though, like you said, you go back in time, and you hear it back then. It's like, no way. There's no way this guy rose. Oh, but Jesus really did rise. And we have it. later he even gives us a, an argument. There's, oh, yeah, he did. He's seen by more than yeah. 500 people at one time, the most of which are still remaining this day. Go and ask them if you don't believe me. But he was first seen by the 12 apostles. By the way, they're standing over there. You can ask them. Yeah. And then they all went and died for this faith. But here's, here's the cool part about the resurrection. It's no doubt it happened. If it didn't happen, I tell you right now, you wouldn't even have ever heard of Jesus Christ. No. 
because there's been a lot of people claim a lot of things. You know, hundreds of people through the years have claimed to be God incarnate. I know. You know what I'm saying? The Kool-Aid drinking, you know, camp killing and all that. Crazy, crazy people who yeah. claim to be God. Yeah. But you probably can't name one of them that wasn't within the last hundred years. In other words, there's no no one knows of another person on planet Earth from 1800 to 2000 years ago that claimed to be God except Jesus Christ because he, he was the only one telling the truth. Yeah. But if he hadn't arose from the dead, we would never have even heard of this man because this is, John the Baptist had followers. But we wouldn't have even heard of him if it wasn't for Jesus no. Christ. And so many people throughout the years have had disciples and had followers. And you just don't know them because after 50, 60 years, their legacy has gone. And the proof was in the pudding. They were not who they said they were. That's why I, I can't help. And I, 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 people are like, the whole Bible is a hoax. And I was like, you're telling me. They ain't read it. That. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. Because if you read the New Testament, New Testament through the Old Testament, there is no way that how many different men? Forty. Forty. More than forty. But. Yeah. Wrote this over that time span. Moses was who mm-hmm. was given the yeah. word. He was given third by through, God. The, by God yes. to write the what, first five, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And. Paul got together because they weren't even in the same lifetime. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, yeah, they really weren't. You're right. You know, over 40 authors separated by 1,500, 1,600 years. Yeah. Living in a different generation, a different time and space even. They were not contemporary. A lot of people think, well, Isaiah and Hosea, they were buddies. No, they never even saw each other, never met each other. Mm -mm. And one message start to finish mm-hmm. you can't even get 40 people to agree on what's the best coffee or something you know or even no. how about go about making a pot of coffee well a good a good example is you could have 40 people in this room and this guy you remember the game telephone oh you yeah. tell this mm-hmm. guy that mm-hmm. by the time it gets to that 40th guy yeah the message may have been oh it's drastically different yeah yeah the message might have been hey uh tomorrow we're having a swimming party yeah by the time it gets to the 40th guy, it's we're going to the beach yeah. and we're going to party for 10 days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, and then not only that, okay, but add to the 40 guys a total time span of 3,800 years. Yeah. And so tell me what it's going to sound like by the time you get it 3,800 years later after it's done going through. It, it, the fact that God has preserved his word is it's right there. It's, here's, here is the fact. It's there. Yep. You know, the cohesive message all the way through, the promise that a Savior would come, the picture of that Savior. What's that Savior going to do for us? What's he going to look like? Okay, we'll look at the Passover. He's going to be an unblemished, unspotted lamb, slain for the sin of the people. And, and his blood on the doorpost of the man's heart will cause the death angel to pass out. Like I'm saying, the... The gospel has been preached. It says the gospel was preached before unto Abraham, and he believed it, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. All through, through many pictures, many angles, God showing, this is what I'm going to do. Believe. This is the man that's going to come. This is what the Savior's going to look like. This is how he's going to atone for your sin. He's going to die. He's going to be a offering, a sacrifice for the whole, all the souls of humankind. Just, I mean, it's there through and through over thousands of years. It's the most hated book that's ever been written. It's the most burned book that's ever been written, and yet here it is. The proof that it's God's yep. word, if anybody would actually stop and consider it, it's right. It's, it's everywhere. 
it's everywhere. Anyway, I got I, yeah. go ahead. No, I mean, this is just a. I, I know we're getting kind of off topic. Yeah, here, it's okay. It's just one of those things that's probably going to happen a lot. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the Bible leads you that way. It, like, you it know, really does. When you go but you really... were saying, okay, and I know this is one of your favorite verses, and it's. Then we're working on this in our Bible study at church, and it's John. It's mm-hmm. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes. This is and God. This is the Word. That's right. Yeah, it's God's it, mind. I mean, it it's is the mind of God. It's God's Word. It's a piece of God here on earth with us to an extent. Of course, not the paper and the ink, but right, the message. No. The message and the and the spirit of God works with the Word of God to convert the souls of men and bring them to God. That's all through the Bible. Yeah. It says that you're born again by the word of God. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed by the word of God. And then, you know, there's so much stuff that the word of God does. But yes, okay, so the fact that there was a resurrection, well, the Bible existing is part of the proof that there was a resurrection. resurrection, That's That's where we was going with it. The fact that we say that we're in the year 2023 is also proof of the resurrection because why would the birth of Jesus matter if he never rose, if he's not who he said he was, then why reset the calendars according it, to his birth? Exactly, because I remember you saying that before. Our whole calendar system is yes. based off of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, some might say, well, it's off a couple of years. Well, maybe it is, but the point is they was trying to set it according to his birth right. year. They was trying to. Maybe they missed it by a little bit of time. But so what? The point is they were trying to. Now, why even try to restructure calendars and clocks of the whole planet if he's not risen yeah <laughs> if he's just a dead guy no he's risen and it's it is powerful because he's saying the resurrection is the proof that everything he said is true the resurrection is the proof that he's the son of god the resurrection is the proof that he came from god mm-hmm. the resurrection is the proof that when jesus said i have the power to lay down my life and take it up again he was telling the truth. Yeah. He did it. Resurrection is also the proof that Jesus has the power of eternal life. Yeah. And that he can give it to whoever he will. Because it's what it says. <laughs> I, I, excuse me. I think that was more powerful, the fact that they let, that he he didn't have to let them. No, he said you would have no power over me unless I give it to you. I think it was more powerful that he let them do it. And then in three days, he's like, I'm back. What's up? <laughs> I'm back. Yes. And yeah, he it, yeah, it shows us that he has the power of eternal life. That death can hold death has nothing on him. Kill me, it's fine. I'm still I'll be alive again to, instantly if if I wanted to. Yeah. You couldn't even kill me if I didn't want you to. And you can kill me and I can just reconstitute and be alive again. The reason he waited 3 days cuz that's what he said he was going to do. Cuz he said that's what the scripture said he was going to do. That's right. To fo- to show the fullness. And also yep. Because if he didn't, because the wisdom of God and prophecy knows if he was only in there for six hours, people would say, oh, he wasn't really dead. Mm-hmm. That's six hours, you know, he could have had a near-death experience. He could have appeared dead, but he wasn't really dead. No, but three days, you don't bury somebody for three days unless they're, I mean, they're dead. Yeah. You know, they're dead. There's no way. So the three days and three nights was important. Mm-hmm. It, God left a man with no excuse. Ultimately, there's more proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. that he was crucified on the cross, that he lived and dwelled and walked and preached and taught in the land of Israel. There's more proof of his life and existence and truth than any other human being that has ever or will ever live. Because this ain't even the only thing that's been wrote about him. No. Historians of the day wrote about him. His impact has changed the entire course of planet Earth. I mean, really, I just want to be like, you ought to be ashamed if you're not a believer. Because <laughs> you have to be in willful, ignorant denial. 
But then we've, we've, I mean, I feel like we're beating a dead horse to believe you're going to have to get in this Bible. You're going to have yeah, to read Yeah, it. well, yeah, yeah. I mean. Because people can tell you all day long, but how do you know what they're telling you is right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Get in the Bible. But it also helps to believe the Bible well, as you read the Bible. Right. You know. Um, but the Bible itself makes it hard not to believe as you're going right. through it. It doesn't work in you. That's right. Because. When I'm studying, it's like, man, the, just the the power of some of the things that happen on this in the in the Bible, not on this in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And because you are saved and you're a believer, it says the Spirit of God is in you and bears witness with your spirit. So you've still got your spirit too. And as you read it, you'll come across things and you'll just think. It, well, it it does what the Bible says it would do. It works effectually in them that believe. Because yeah. you believe it, you read it, it has an effect on you. It makes you be a better husband. It makes you be a better mm-hmm. father. It makes you be a better friend. It makes you be a better everything. You read it, and it changes you. The faith in it changes yeah. you. And, and there's, like, you know, in church, when, you're, when, you, when you go and you listen to a sermon, uh, there's two times that I've heard a sermon. One of them was by you, and it wasn't that long ago. When you broke down that God died for our sin. Yeah. yeah. Powerful, man. Very powerful. Yeah, it makes me stand up on my head. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then I heard an Easter message preached one time by by the the preacher that married me and Bobby. And he preached on that, what happened on that cross. Mm-hmm. And the way he brought it down and preached it, felt like we were watching it right there and that was one of the most powerful awesome yeah but if you don't believe it to begin with it's not going to be as powerful it's true yeah you got to well that's what he's saying you got to believe and that's why he's writing that he's he's just stating it as a fact that Jesus Christ was declared. The word "declared" is important. Word. It means there's a declaration, like a declaration of independence. You know, this was this was a legal term. This was a, it's a, it's like an irrefutable thing that Jesus Christ was declared to be the Son of God with power. What power? The power of life, power of the resurrection. Now, what are you going to do with that? That's kind of what he's doing. He was declared to be who he said he was. And the fact that he came out of that grave, and the, if you want to debate whether or not he came out of the grave, with him, to the people at that time, he's like, look around. To us, we're like, man, we got the Bible. We got everything, yeah. uh, you know, so much. So it's, it's, it's super awesome. Let's finish verse 5. We've been talking over 50 minutes. It's awesome. I don't know. I just, I, to me, this is... I don't know. I yeah, like this is great. It's I like great. It. I, I love yeah. it. We may end up doing this, like breaking this in part one, part two, or something, and like uploading Wednesday and then upload. You know, that way we get. You know, um, but anyway, for, uh, verse five. <clears throat> By whom we have received grace and apostleship. And he's talking about him and the twelve because we don't really have apostleship, and yet we do. We're all messengers for Christ. Yeah. Okay. Now we're not apostles in the sense that they were. We were not eyewitnesses of the resurrection, and we don't have all of these miraculous gifts that they have necessarily. We may have a spiritual gift, but we don't have them like they had them. But he says, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. Listen to this part. For obedience to the faith mm-hmm. among all nations for his name. It's for his glory, for his, you know. Uh, you want to say something about that one? 
Yeah, so reading this, it, how I, I guess how my mind interprets this is the obedience of the apostles, of him and the apostles. For that, for their obedience, God gave you gave us grace gave them grace grace is is God's love which man does not deserve mhm and apostleship he he's the authority to preach his mess his mm-hmm. his message mm-hmm. his, his yeah, apostles were different they they were on a higher plane than we yes. Are. yes yes they were like the equivalent of the prophets of the old testament he's kind of like a new testament isaiah yeah you know so yes go ahead go ahead well i mean that's i want to add something to what you were saying yeah i don't know that necessarily he's saying here that we have received grace because of our obedience Because he was separated to be an apostle before he even was obedient, but, you know, God knowing the end from the beginning, so right. to speak. I do believe they received grace because they were obedient. So they, as he says in another place, grace upon grace. Right. We've received or John actually says it, and grace upon grace. But to I, like the way you worded it, I like the way you worded it. The way my mind understands this here is he's even saying the fact that he was made an apostle is because grace of God. Right. And his... Because now the Spirit of God is in him and empowering him to be obedient to the faith. That's also the grace of God. You know, we'll, you'll find, and you, which you already know this, but y'all will find, Paul says a lot about grace a lot of times in every book. He talks a lot, He talks more about grace than any other apostle. And I think that's for good reason. He was the one that was killer, killing the church people. Yeah. <laughs> and so he probably needed more grace in his yeah. eyes than anybody else. To him, he probably thought, I don't even deserve the grace that, because of what I've done. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. In his mind, he does not look at himself now like, well, I'm obedient and to the faith, and because I'm obedient to the faith, God has called me. He doesn't look at it that way now. He looks at it this way. If God never would have called me, I never would have been, I never would have been anything. And so in his mind, he says, everything that I am was God's grace. Now, of course, he is obedient to the faith, though. Right? He is. But he looks at it. In the way that I think we ought, we should all take some time and look at it, there was no self-righteousness in Paul, even though he was probably the most righteous man alive at this time now. Christ is, done, well, maybe John the Apostle, mm-hmm. and perhaps Peter was still around at this time. But he's one of the most righteous men on planet Earth. But he has no self-righteousness in him. He looks at all of the good things that he's doing, that he's an apostle and all this, and he even says it himself, I will not boast in any of this. He says, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I would not be any of this. And so the fact that I am you know, perhaps a servant and obedient and an apostle, even that, the glory goes to God, not to me. You know, as you're speaking, it just came to mind, when he's writing these letters, when he's preaching, he and his I'm wondering if it, in his mind he was like look if I can receive grace anybody can receive grace yeah I'm sure of it cuz it oh man yeah. that just yeah, I'm sure of it can you imagine a, going through what he went through his 
his life and everything, and he's bringing that message. He's like, listen, I'm yeah. telling you, if God's going to give me grace, right, he can give you grace. And so much, mm. God gave me so much grace, he made me an apostle, a messenger of Christ, especially called of God to do a special, me a murderer. I killed Christian people. Imagine that on your conscience. It was Paul oh. in Acts chapter 7 who was there, it says, consenting to the death of Stephen the martyr. Stephen was the first martyr recorded. He was murdered for his faith. And Stephen stood there in front of the crowd and preached a sermon. He said, you did this same thing to the prophets of your father's day. You did this to the Lord Jesus. He's just preaching. He was, Stephen was a born-again believer. Yeah. And it says, and Paul was there consenting. He was the one overseeing it. He was the one that said, stone him, kill him. Kill the Christian. And the next page is Paul's conversion. But at, at the death of Stephen, it says, and they took Stephen's clothes, his articles of clothing, and laid them at Paul's feet. Oh, it gets me. Because mm. Paul's seeing this. And he was the overseer. Paul is, you know, most likely ordered this kill this guy he's saying he's a christian he's saying he's a follower of christ now imagine you had that on you that who is your brother in heaven now actually was a man that you killed before your conversion you killed your brother who was a believer and now you're converted and now that's what i'm saying paul does emphasize grace a lot and you're right in his mind that's why he says when he says i'm the chief of all sinners it's he doesn't literally mean i'm still a major sinner that's not what he meant right. he just means in his life the things he had done in his own mind now with his full understanding he knows when i was there and i told people stone him kill him i was killing a man that christ purchased with his own blood mm -hmm. and now that same jesus has called me to preach and by grace, you see what I'm saying? Man. It's huge, man. It's huge. So good news, <coughs> which, by the way, is what gospel means, good yep. news. You can be saved. Yeah. doesn't matter. You can be saved. Mm. Calling upon Christ, you know, and the grace of God, the same grace of God that was able to take Paul from being a murdering man and turn him into one of the greatest apostles ever can take a man today who's in a broken world and all this and turn him into a great man. That's the power of Christ, and that's the power of the Word of God. And we'll just close with that because that's what you've been saying all day, get in the Word and read the Word. Yeah. And that's the best advice you can really give somebody is if anything that has been said touches your concerns, get in the Word and read it. You'll see we're just reading it. Now, of course, we expound it a little bit because I've read it a whole bunch, and right. so, of course, lots of other things come to my mind. But just get in Romans and read Romans. Romans alone will tell you everything we've yeah. told you, seriously. Yeah. So, man... I'm excited about it. This is our first yeah. Bible deal, and I'm I'm just looking forward to the whole rest of the book. Hope hope you guys will stay tuned with us and follow through with us on this book. And I really think that if the Lord gets behind it, they will, and people will be fed from this. And that's just awesome. You done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs>